welcome back to A Merry Heart with Brandy and Jamie, episode 15. Thanks for tuning in today. We're so excited for you to hear from our great guest. Yes, Heather Janess is our guest. Welcome, Heather. Yes, we're so excited (laughs) to have you. Um, I can't wait to hear about some of the stuff we're going to share today, and we're just excited you're here. Absolutely, I think Jamie's known you a little bit longer, but you go to church with us. Right, that's right. Um, It's been kind of like a common thread. We've had a lot of, yeah, church members. That's right, yeah. And so we're excited. I know um, Alan has done work for you in the past as well. Yes. So. Great work. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes. Uh, plug. plug. That's for right. Alan. Yeah. So, but thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'm glad so to be here. Yeah. yeah. So, Heather, tell us your story. Well, I grew up actually in Maryland, so you probably can't detect that from my <laughs> I accent. No, not at all. No, now, when you told me, I just found out you were from Maryland, and I was like, I've never heard that. No way. And then you said something, and I heard the A's. See, I kind of don't belong yeah. anywhere anymore because I've lived here for 12 years now, and so when I go home, I don't really have a northern accent. I don't really yes. have a southern accent, so um, it's exactly, been a little bit different. Well, that's what happens. So then you'll go, you'll live here longer. You'll go up there, and they'll say you sound southern, and then you'll yes. come down here, and they'll still say you sound northern. So yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, same. I just like him from North Carolina, but when I'm there, my Alan says that I sound so much more country around my family. I'm like, okay, it kind of comes out. Right? Yeah, I guess so. so. I'm sorry. Well, I've lived here for about 12 years, and I've done a variety of different things. I used to be a school teacher. I lived overseas for a little while, um, cool. teaching over there. So, I did shock Brandy again, yeah. too. Wait, so, yeah. where are you overseas? Um, I, it was in the Gambia, West Africa, and also in wow. Liberia. Wow. Okay. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, Heather, I had no idea. That was way pre-COVID when you could travel. So. <laughs> right, yeah. Okay. Um, so, I was a school teacher for a long time, moved here, was a business owner, Worked at the Department of Health for a little while as an instructor, and now I currently work at A Choice to Make, which is the Pregnancy Resource Center here in Florence. Awesome. That is great. Yeah, so tell us a little bit more about that, your job. Like, was this a calling in your life? (laughs) I know there's some stories behind that, so yeah. Yes, I I wouldn't say it's a calling um, because it's not anything I ever thought I would be doing. I'm the development director, so I'm really kind of responsible for keeping it funded, making sure the community is aware of it, and even for clients to make sure they know that we exist and they have, you know, options of, of decisions. But kind of how it came about in my life is actually, I have to go back to when I was 15. And um, I grew up in a family that we weren't Christians. Really, we were Christian because we weren't anything else, but we didn't go to church. I really had no idea um, any information about Jesus except that he was somebody. Um, I went to a church maybe a handful of times up until I was 15, and I really was searching for who God was, but really didn't have any idea how to even look for that. Um, when I was 15, I had to do a research paper um, in my public school for a persuasive essay. Okay. And so I actually did a paper about abortion. And surprisingly, I was pro-abortion because I felt like if people didn't want their kids or weren't going to treat their kids correctly and raise them right, then why should they be subject to go through a lot of trials in their life? And um, as a 15-year-old, you know, I thought I had the world figured out. And so I start researching this paper. And um, again, you know, I came from a family that was decent people, but um, I didn't have a knowledge of anything about God. Um, And as I started researching, I stumbled upon some Christian resources that started laying a foundation in my heart that not only did God care about a preborn life, but he cared about my life. And so fast forward a few months later, someone from my public high school invited me to an Easter play. 
And it was there that I first um, just heard the whole gospel presentation and understood that not only did God care about this preborn life, cared about me, but that he also sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. And as I saw that played out, I knew that God was speaking directly to me and it changed my life. I mean, I was the only Christian in my family for a very long time um, and just kind of took a, a complete right turn in my whole life. I started going to church, ended up going to a Christian college and just, you know, things totally changed. I went and worked overseas as, as a short-term missionary teaching school and um, just different things. Came to Florence, kind of went through some difficult times, but God just kept showing up and um, being in the right place in my life at the right time. And um, how I came to a choice to make is kind of an interesting um, situation. I actually am a women's group counselor at Reformers Unanimous at Florence Baptist Temple. And about six years ago, I encountered a young woman that I um, was mentoring on and off for the last six, six years. And she, um, through those six years, she, you know, she was in and out of different locations, um, rehab, doing well, maybe not doing well. And um, just God really kind of connected us for a long time. And um, last year in September, um, she had just had a baby. This baby was about four months old and she was in a transitional housing situation. So I was picking her up, bringing her to church, helping her find steady employment and just really trying to mentor her um, to help her, you know, stand on her own two feet, raise this, this little baby that she had and um, just help her to, to exist um, in a functional, healthy um, way to making the right decisions. And um, in the middle of all that, she chose to leave the transitional housing where she was located. And she, her and the baby left and they kind of disappeared for 11 days. Um, and it was one of those things you just, it was a difficult situation for everybody that knew about it and, and were involved with it. There was a lot of worry because we had no idea where she was going to be. And um, and even just concern for the baby, you know, up until this point, I was mostly connected to her mom mm -hmm. and um, really just trying to mentor her and encourage her. And actually for about two and a half months, I had only held that baby one time for about two minutes. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but some things changed, different people in the community um, friends, some even people that I know from EMS, they were just looking for her, just keeping an eye out because they knew that this mom was not in the best situation and they had no safe place to be. Right. Um, so they're just kind of keeping a lookout for everybody. Um, in addition to that, I had a friend that worked at a choice to make as a volunteer. And previously, the mom had 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 been a client there. And so there was a connection with the mom and the employees that work there. And so my friend reached out to them and said, hey, can you just be on the lookout for her and the baby? They, they, they've left their tra transitional home. Sorry, messing up all my words. No, that's okay. <laughs> so they left the transitional home and um, just to keep, keep an awareness of it. She actually used to walk a lot in that area. And so they were praying for the situation and just really just praying that God would, would intervene so mm -hmm. that both the mom and the baby would be safe. And so in the middle of all that, you know, we're just praying and waiting. We're contacting her, calling her, just hoping for any kind of sign that she's okay. Right. Um, in the middle of all that, too, I'm in the process of moving to a different house. Um, I had 
previously months um, before that had started my application process um, to become a foster parent. Um, I had gone through the adoption process before when I was married and um, that situation didn't work out. So, but it was always really near and dear to my heart to, to be a mom, but also just to take in kids that really needed a place to be. Mm-hmm. And so I had started the application process and was moving to a different spot because really I just wanted a garage so I could put the kids in the car without getting wet. So that's really the reason. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Very important. Very so yeah. um, I was packing up, I was getting ready to close on a house. And um, in the middle of all that, I was actually the day I was doing um, the final walkthrough for my house. I was with my realtor in the house and I just had this overwhelming urge to pray for this mom and the baby. And um, Jeanette Driggers is my realtor. I'll get a little shout out for her. Thankfully, just a a great Christian lady. And um, I was like, Jeanette, you're going to think I'm crazy, but we need to pray for this mom and this baby right now. And so we just stopped and prayed. And right after we were done praying, my friend, um, Susan's daughter, called me. And she's not one. She's a young girl, so she's one to text me. She doesn't normally call me. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I was like, she's calling. I was like, I got to take this. And I answered the phone, and she said, Heather, we are outside of the house where the baby and the mom are. Wow. And we called her phone, and she answered and said, come get the baby. And so, wow. um, and that sorry. was right after you had finished praying. Yes. Wow. <laughs> um, sorry. It still like still that, gets me. Because, yeah. 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 Wow. And so they said, you know, she's in there getting the stuff, getting the mom and the baby, and she wants to meet you at the transitional house that you can take custody of the baby. And she said, can you meet us there? And I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I sent a quick text to my boss and said, I'm not coming back to work. Um, I'm going that I didn't tell her what was going on, but I was like, yes, I'll meet you at the transitional house. So a few minutes later, I get there. I um, talked with the mom for probably about four hours. Because um, y'all had already had that relationship. Yeah, mm-hmm. we had been working on this relationship. She even knew about my desire to foster and adopt and just different things. We had been you know, communicating for on right. and off for six years. And at this point, pretty much you know, every two or three days, I saw her and the baby, just trying to keep contact with them and make sure she was making the right decisions. Um, but so we met at the transitional home and... Um, She just basically said, I need you to do this. Um, I can't do this on my own, and I need you to take care of this baby. And um, so here in this crazy situation, the day before I'm closing on a new house, God literally drops a baby into my lap. Um, Four and a half months old, I had... Not a thing for her. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, just... and I was going to say, go you, like, at the drop of a hat, because I would be like, wait, like, I knew, you know, you know, you know, you know, you've had this in your mind, but then to just, you know, I mean, all of a sudden it's like, wait, I don't have anything, like, nothing prepared. Wow. No. Well, I think yeah. I look at it totally different. I think she's so prepared. She's got the house now. Well, yeah. And, yeah. You know? Well, like, and that, well, that's, and you're right. You're correct. I'm not thinking no, of it. No, right, no, no. But no, yeah. I just did difference for, like, perspective, but yeah. Yeah. Like, no. Well, I think it's, it's the tangible things I did not have you know most people right. when they're pregnant they have a baby shower they get all they're thinking about this not and sometimes yeah for the, all that time and um I well no like, I and I was thinking of it selfishly like I, I know how I would be like wait you know what I mean like I gotta yeah. get things but you know but there yeah, was no, definitely a shock correct. factor um I remember just for days kind of like 
this just happened. Like, but you knew it was God. I mean, absolutely. I knew God was preparing me to, to take care of someone. I didn't know who it was and I definitely didn't think it was going to be provided for in this way. Right. Um, I had a friend that also worked with this young lady and she already thought this is what was going to happen. I thought it was completely no, like this is not going to happen. I'm going in the foster care system. I'm going to just love on these kids. So it's not like you had this idea the whole time. No, not at all. It's like God kind of protected me from even focusing on the baby. I was ministering to the mom and I wanted to see um, her be able to be the best mom she could Mm -hmm. and raise this baby in a safe, loving, godly home. Um, And he just had a different idea. So, Mm Within that day, I mean, that night, literally friends that, you know, heard about the situation, had been praying about um, the mom and the baby. They were like, here's a pack and play. Here's bags of clothes. Here's diapers. Here's bottles. Because they literally, we had barely anything. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of things that we had for her weren't usable or um, they had some issues that were going on with them. But it's just like that community of people that... I knew I had, but all of a sudden they were just pouring out of the woodwork and, um, and just really, even for them seeing that answer to prayer that this, this baby was safe. Mm -hmm. And, um, so the next day I closed on my house. That's so awesome. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. It was a little bit insane. I I had boxes, (laughs) baby on a, on a Thursday, closing on a house Mm -hmm. on a Friday, move everything on a Saturday and kind of be like, Oh, what is, I mean, there's a lot of boxes, but (laughs) I bet so. Um, yeah. But anyway, that um, that was kind of a crazy time period. But as time went on and I started adjusting to being a single mom, my, my mom actually came from Pennsylvania and stayed with me for pretty much the whole month of October. Aww, yeah. And uh, yes, that's great. <laughs> and um, yeah. so uh, just really that was such a blessing to me because that really changed my relationship with my mom. And um, oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> that's gonna make me do. Yeah, that. it, it really so did. Fun. I just, um, she just really stepped up in a way that I needed her, and I really so greatly appreciated Always, that. Yeah. Wow. And um, and even it was kind of an interesting thing for her, her because she saw this prayer that I had to be a mom for so long answered in front of yeah. her, and she could see the truth of how God provided that. And mm-hmm. um, anyway, sorry, we're not gonna cry through this no, whole thing. Well, I so. am crying. <laughs> But but as the months went on, like, um, and I just, you know, had to adjust to that. And thankfully, I had a job where I could take time off. And that was such a blessing. Um, I got to spend 12 weeks at home on and off with her. And, um, and really how this transition even back to a choice to make is that, you know, God showed me through that research paper when I was 15, that my life was valuable. But there's one very specific moment, not that I wasn't concerned about abortion all these years, because I was. I knew it was not the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that God was opposed to abortion and he wanted life. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was one moment, and I apologize because I probably won't get emotional about this, but there was one moment I remember putting her to bed and I closed the door and it's like God just ripped my heart because mm-hmm. I thought there are 3,000 kids that are not going to be put to bed tonight just from today that I've been aborted. And it's just like, I knew how I felt about abortion, but it just, here I was holding that was a tangible, real, breathing, Mm -hmm. living, screaming sometimes (laughs) 
person right. that was impacted by this ministry of choice to make. Mm-hmm. And um, and I remember I called my friend Susan that night and I said, listen, I I don't necessarily have a connection there, but can you reach out to the director and just tell her I want to bring the baby to them because I know they don't always get to see the end result of what their ministry is doing. Yeah. And I said, I just felt like I needed them to see this baby that they had prayed for and looked for. Mm-hmm. And so... That was um, in the middle of February, and I was getting ready to go back to work. So I was like, I, let's do this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I met with um, Teresa, the center director. And as we started talking, I shared my testimony from when I was 15. And, and just even how God was just really breaking my heart about this, it became very clear that God had appointed me to show up at that, that center. And um, she said, well, you know, you, you, I know you know about this job because I had heard about there being a job there, but I had a good job. I worked for the Department of Health. I was an instructor. I had great insurance. I had great benefits. Yeah. I wasn't looking for a job. Right. And so it was like, we have this job. And I'm thinking, I'm not really interested. Like, <laughs> But she's like, well, just pray about it. Take the application home. Our board is meeting next Tuesday. Just think about it over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And if... You know, if you feel like God is leading you to at least apply, bring it back on Monday. And that was like a Friday. No, that was a Thursday. And by Saturday morning, I knew I was supposed to go and apply for that job. Wow. And um, I so did. there was just no doubt. No, it's the weirdest thing. I was the thing I was most nervous about, but most sure about in my entire life. (laughs) Because I knew this was a huge yeah piece about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so I filled out that application. I took it back on Monday, and um, handed it to her. And again, talked to the director for about an hour. And I walked out of there and I said, I don't know how in the world I can even do this job, but I know I'm supposed to be here. I just had that assurance that God Mm -hmm. had directed all of these things. Not just for this baby, not just for my life, but I was supposed to work at this ministry. Wow. And um, and so they met with me, hired me miraculously. But, no, no. <laughs> so we met wow. with the board and, and it became very clear pretty quickly that it was a relationship that we wanted to continue as me coming on board as their development director. That's awesome. (laughs) Heather, to see God put all those pieces together like that, even from starting from when you were 15 and all of that. I mean, and I just thank you for all you do. (laughs) That, that is just, I know, I mean, I've heard awesome things about it and um, I'm just, wow. So, yeah, I've never heard any, a lot of this, like at all. So like, I'm over here like, this is is, like an emotion. I cried for days. I mean, because it's just, listen, you have a very powerful, it's very powerful. Yes. And, um, like what strikes me and like what I so admire is just your obedience. Like Mm -hmm. God gave you this, like, you know, like I'm supposed to pray Mm -hmm. and you did. And then you got the phone call and Mm -hmm. just your obedience and you were consistent. It's just so. It's and just, just like, and like we said, like you were going to do the foster care, but mm-hmm. then it's like, as soon as you got the call, you knew that this is what you were supposed to, you know what I mean? Yeah. That that's what you're supposed to do. So, that's And I think amazing. that's the thing. Like sometimes we think, oh, I don't know how I'm going to get to that direction or this big thing. And sometimes right. God, if God paints the whole picture for you, right. you're going to be like, no. <laughs> right. um, yeah. But like you said, it is, it's that obedience in those small things and he just leads you one step at a time. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly say that if God would have shown me six years ago that I was going to be raising this this mom's child, I would have been like, ah, I'm not sure about this. Mm-hmm. That seems a little bit far-fetched. I mean, 
it just wouldn't have been the answer that I would have given. Right. But he had to slowly prepare my heart to be at a place where I was like, my life doesn't look like I wanted it to be. I'm not married. I'm 41 years old. Don't tell anybody. But, <laughs> you know, and, and I just... But again, I had to get to a place where I was like, it doesn't matter what it looks like. I'm not going to wait until that time for God to use me. Mm-hmm. I'm willing. And if God wants to bring more kids to my house, he can fill it up. That is you know? amazing. So, Heather, I love that, Heather. That's amazing. It's so touching like to see the, the obedience and just like the hope that your story has. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think a lot of people can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just inspiring all around, <laughs> yes. so for sure. Um, tell us how, so obviously you work for a choice to make. Tell us how people can help. Like, can they volunteer, um, donate things? What What are y'all in need of even right now? Um, Absolutely. Like um, you know, one of the things, a choice to make is we, um, we counsel with women that are considering abortion or women that have already... Co- chosen life but need support services as they're going through their pregnancy and even after their pregnancy. Um, so we actually do a lot of um, group education classes, individual education classes, and so volunteers are a big thing. Um, COVID kind of changed a little yeah. bit of how we could connect with people because for a long time we couldn't meet with people face-to-face. Right. Thankfully, we're able to do that now, but we still do have a lot of people that are doing virtual classes um, but we're starting to get back into the in-person classes because that's really where you can make that connection with people, encourage them in not only their parenting um, walk, but in their walk with the Lord if they are a Christian. And if not, trying to encourage them um, to make that decision for Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so volunteers is always a big thing. I mean, even if somebody yeah. that can answer the phone. I was going to ask, what would a volunteer do? So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, lots of different things. Okay. Um, somebody could, you know, come in and just answer the phone on one of our really busy days, which is or Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Okay. <laughs> Tuesdays are really busy days. Okay. Um, that's usually when we do a lot of pregnancy testing, ultrasounds. Okay. Um, but yeah, okay. Tuesdays is, is the big day that that's kind of packed in there. Right. Um, that we have appointments on other days, but that tends to be the busiest. Mm-hmm. Um, we that's have interesting though, just to point out, like a Tuesday, just because yeah. I guess you have everything else lined up, so it makes you a little bit more busy. Anyway. Right. Right, right. Okay. and that's really kind of where we put those appointments because I want our nurse manager can be there. Okay. Um, and then we have a boutique in, in the back of our um, property. And so as the women go through the different classes, they actually earn a small amount of material goods. So it could be diapers, wipes, you know, oh, baby toiletries, cool. mm-hmm. um, baby items. And then as they graduate out of the program, they actually get one large item. So a car seat, wow. you know, a stroller, a high chair, crib, you know, one of those items. And then we give them a basket of a lot of different items. So they're earning a little bit throughout that time. Um, so that's another way people can volunteer. So they can volunteer to work in the boutique okay. where that would be like sorting through donated goods, organizing stuff, putting baby clothes people can up. donate any of that. Baby clothes, baby Absolutely. toys, diapers, yes. wipes, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, if yeah. you go to our um, our website, which is a choice to make.org, you can actually li- click on the donate button and there'll be a list down there oh, that okay. tells you all the different items you could donate. That's helpful. Um, yeah. Diapers, of course, are the biggest right. thing. We Absolutely. go through tons yes. of those. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, there's a lot of different options and ways. We do take new um, and gently used items, so it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. all brand new stuff. If you know t- your kid's grown out of their six months clothes, bring them to us. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, okay. Um, and so then, good to know. yeah. So you know, volunteers organizing in there. Um, 
We definitely need prayer warriors. That's a huge thing. I know a lot of people say that's like the cliche, pray for us. No, we really need (laughs) it (laughs) Um, because it really is a spiritual battleground Mm -hmm. of what we're doing. Women are coming in there in a decision that the enemy wants them to decide Mm -hmm. one way. And um, we've had many times where women have come in very set to make the decision for abortion. Mm -hmm. And because of prayer warriors and people really going before the throne of God for these ladies, they have changed that decision. That's amazing. And um, yeah, yeah, it's just... I love that this is what our local, like, because, you know, you hear about this on the broad scale, but you you want to know how you can personally be of help on on a local level. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It is happening right here. So so the other volunteers, you know, if they want to come in and be on those front lines with us, you know, teaching the women how to go through these parenting classes, having biblical conversations with them, discipling them. That's a lot of what it is, mm-hmm. is just... A discipleship. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. If they've not accepted Christ, helping them through these parenting classes, enabling times to have spiritual conversations with them, because that's really what's going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, And then, you know, financially, if people are, are interested in donating finances, we are completely a nonprofit. We are funded entirely by churches and individual donors okay. that are willing to put their money where their mouth is on the topic mm-hmm. of pro-life. Being pro-life, and, right. Um, mm-hmm. And so that we keep the lights on because people are willing to, to make that difference. Yeah. Wow. So do you have a number that they can call? Or I know you've, you've said the website. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, if they're interested in doing any of these things or asking more questions, they can call 843-669-4673. Okay. Um, I pulled up the website, yeah. and there's actually, you can even text. It you can, like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> 843-580-1936. That's correct. And I was also, you even offer classes for the guys. We do, absolutely. That's and great. Yeah. Wow. So, um, like, this might be a stupid question. No. (laughs) Um, Is there, like, um, a choice to make? Is this kind of, like, statewide, or is this, like, Florence? This is just Florence. Now, Mm -hmm. we do get women that travel from different areas. We have some that come from, like, the Georgetown area because uh, there is another um, pro-life ministry in, like, the Myrtle Beach area. But Mm -hmm. Georgetown's easier for them to get here. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. we do cover the whole PD area. So we have women that... I mean, Marion Mullins. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have people that have come from Charleston. Um, not sure why they traveled that far, but we're glad they came. So, yeah, that's um, great. But yeah, this is here. We're not we're not affiliated with any other organization. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also amazing. One of your services is post-abortion counseling. They're yes. not here to judge you. They're here to just counsel you yeah. through mm-hmm. that. So, you know, the yeah. interesting fact is that one in four women before the age of 45 will have an abortion. Really? One in four? One in four. Um, so, and that's like, that's not something I've ever experienced, but it's something that um, it's just very close to my heart because dealing with, a, you know, like I said, I work in Reformers Unanimous at church and a lot of women that I've seen come through there that have addiction problems have a history of having abortion because they've never really gotten healing from making that decision. And so just the the sheer volume of one in four individuals under That's the age of 45 having abortion, there are a lot of hurting women that are walking around this mm-hmm. area. Um, they're sitting sometimes, you know, across the table from us at lunch. They're mm-hmm. sitting next to us in church. Um, sometimes they're the person looking back at us in the mirror, mm-hmm. you know, and those women, um, they need healing and freedom from that. 
Mm. Wow. wow. <laughs> I, I love that you, you cover the whole yeah. range. I love that. And yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, if it's one in four, then there's somebody, you know, Absolutely. like listening that yes. knows somebody that can benefit Agreed. from this yeah. or like, you know, yeah. needs, not even benefit, right. needs. Yeah, you don't have to keep walking in that shame. Yeah. You yeah. can lay that down. Jesus can forgive, heal, and you can walk in freedom of that. Yes. Absolutely. Wow, Heather. I love that. Yes. Heather, thank you so much. <laughs> yes. um, we are going to be right back. we got a quick sponsor break. This podcast is sponsored by Duffy's Heating and Air Conditioning. We specialize in heating, air conditioning, ductwork, and crawl space solutions. Let us be your one-stop shop for all your comfort needs. Please call us at any time at 843-621-COOL. That's 843-621-2665. This podcast is sponsored in part by Custom Excel Spreadsheets. Ever find yourself in a bind, wishing to be more organized on a particular project with work or something else? Are you currently handling things on paper or paying a hefty monthly subscription fee? Let CES step in and help. CES helps you by creating custom spreadsheets on any project you need with no monthly subscription fee. Anywhere from quote forms, invoices, and timesheets to automatic report generation, data analysis, dashboards, and much more. Contact us by going to customexcelspreadsheets.com or email us at colton at customexcelspreadsheets.com. Receive your free quote today. Okay, so we're back with Heather. Thank you so much for sharing all those things, Heather. It's just, I'm just in awe of everything. Um, Absolutely. And how God has worked everything out. But we always ask our guests the same questions, and that is to tell us something that stood out in your life of when someone was kind to you. So it can be big or small, just something that you'll always remember. Well, actually, Jamie, you'll probably, <laughs> you might laugh about this, but, um, you know, one person that was really kind to me that really had a major impact um, on me was your mom. Aww. And um, when I first came to Florence Baptist Temple, uh, I really didn't know anybody. And I was at a place in my life. A fellow Yankee. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I was at a place in my life where I was just really going through a lot. I was really hurting and I just didn't know anyone. And I remember this, we, we knew each other just very briefly. And I just remember this one time I walked into um, to a meeting and I was just like, Lord, I'm not coming back. I don't know anybody. Nobody wants to talk to me. And your mom at that very moment was like, hey, Heather, want to come sit with me? And I just remember like my heart just about broke because I was like just that little bit of kindness, you know, just being a friend to somebody. We don't ever know what somebody's carrying when we when we run into them, walk by them, Mm -hmm. see them at church. And so many people are just walking around and they're really hurting. Mm -hmm. And that little bit that, you know, probably she's going to kill me for even saying this one here, but just that small bit of kindness, it, it just changed something for me. It felt, yeah. it made me feel like I belonged somewhere and we ended up becoming, becoming great yeah. friends. And she really served such a huge part in my life as I went through some very difficult things. Mm-hmm. But that little bit of time, you know, just seeing just somebody reaching out and yeah. Saying, yeah and just noticing another person because sometimes we don't you know mm-hmm. we walk by so many people and we just oh they don't want to talk to me and she took that chance to think I might blow her off right but she really met a deep need in my heart at that time and that's that made so a huge sweet. huge difference that is, <laughs> her mom is the sweetest she really is but I'm just 
I'm thankful <clears throat> that you thought of that and how much it impacted you to share that because I'm sure you've had a lot of kindness. Like you said, people like mm-hmm. stepped in immediately yeah. when you had this four month old. But like just the fact that Miss Slayer was like, hey, and like spoke first, smiled, yeah. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? it means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it did. It was the first thing that popped in my head. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it just <laughs> so sweet. It's made it such a huge you. deal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, oh. That's great. Yeah, because I mean, any, and, and that's what's so cool about that. We talk about these things like, like to be mindful of that, like be, mm-hmm. just be mindful, a simple like hello or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. um, you never know what someone's going through. So Absolutely. yeah, that simple yeah. thing made you feel like you belong. Like, I, I mean, so it, simple. It, it made the decision for me to stay someplace and, yeah. and continue allowing myself to grow spiritually and, and get mm-hmm. through this difficult trial or, or leave, mm-hmm. you know, just that small act of a friendship that she extended. Yeah. And I think especially <clears throat> when you're, when you're someone who goes to, the same church for a long time. I think it's easy to lose sight of like mm-hmm. new people coming in and things like that, you know, to, to just reach out and be welcoming to them. Like think about what they're going through. Like I think about when I came to our church for the first time and it was huge and I was so overwhelmed <laughs> and I'm like, I've never stepped yeah. foot in a church this big. Yeah. So anyway, just a quick, you know, you know, yeah. just going to say, I didn't want to interrupt that. Like how, you know, kind of be mindful because I think we're all stuck on our phones. You know, looking Absolutely. or, you know, waiting and just on our phones and not looking at anybody else. But. And COVID's made it worse, too. Yeah. Yeah. Wearing masks. Yeah. And it's like, uh-huh. you can hide a lot behind that mask. And, I mean, I just kind of assume everyone's in a difficult position. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I know. I know. You can't tell you know? people are smiling. Right. You're like, just overcompensate right. because so many mm-hmm. people, they just need somebody to, to notice that they exist in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's so great. Thank you for yes. sharing that. Uh, yes, I know she'll really appreciate that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Heather, for coming on. Like we said welcome. earlier, your story is just so powerful and inspiring. And it's really amazing to see God just with all of these pieces yeah. in your life. It is. So thank you so much for sharing. Thank Thanks so much to everyone who chooses to join us on this journey. We would love for you to follow us at amaryheart17 on Instagram. Let's remember to always show kindness. A merry, and a merry heart does good like a medicine. We love you.